Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. The Jericho Network on Westwood One. only a couple guys in the whole world that make me love pro wrestling and you're one of them you know all the bad shit you've heard about us it's all true but another thing that's true is we love professional wrestling and that's why we're here i'm not sports entertainment anymore talk to him kid this is our new beginning and it starts tonight a new day is dawning for dx you know who you're talking to Hey there, you are hanging out with the XCOM 12360 crew on After Buzz TV. We are going to be breaking down the week's top pro wrestling headlines. Plus, we have an interview with, wait for it, Kevin Sullivan is going to be on the show today. My name is Christy Olsen. Everybody's here. Say hello to Jimbo on the couch. Hi. Hey. What's up, Christy? How are you? <laughs> What's up? I'm great. I'm so excited to be here with you all. We got Jim or uh, Mark in the booth as well. What to do, everybody? Hey, hey. And now I give to you the man, the man who's in the title, the one and only X-Pac, Sean Waltman. Hey, everyone. Hi. Hey, Sean. How y'all doing? Too sweet. It's good to be back. Ooh, I like that. Good to be back in Southern California. Yeah. Yes. Just in time. As I got off the plane, I... Learned that it's legal for everyone <laughs> 21 and older to use marijuana oh, in the good. state of That's California. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. You're a wonderful audience. Right? right. I mean, it's pretty easy to get over when you're making an announcement like that. Jimbo, I think, got that, didn't he? <laughs> Yeah, my South Park. Right. Jimmy. Mm. That's on tonight, too. Everyone's anxious to see what they're going to do. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. They're going to be up on. On, uh, did they did they get shit done that quick? Yeah. They had they to have two wow. episodes produced, I, That's right? what I think. I think they had, like, just one in case. They did two. Yeah, they did mm-hmm. two just in case. They did it for the last election. But, they had uh, two episodes ready. Did they really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I remember Comedy Central did, like, a special showing, like, them make a South Park in a week. Yeah, it's it's going to be epic. Oh, it's it's so cool. It's going to be amazing. Because, yeah. like, every episode so far has been, has been amazing yeah. this year. Mm-hmm. Or this season. Sorry. <laughs> so. Anyways, Love what that. else is going on? What else is up, y'all? Well, I mean, I think we're all trying not to think about the other thing. It depends on who you are. Like, oh, okay. I, I, I'm trying not to think about the right, other thing. Like, <laughs> full disclosure, we've already tried to do this a couple of times, and we've had to, this is like take three. So <laughs> we kind of talked a little bit about some of this. But the thing is, Christy, like we said when we were talking earlier, um, this is just how I look at it. You got half of the country, and it seems like it's split pretty much down the middle mm-hmm. from the way it looked. Um, half the country is ready to jump off a bridge, and the other the other half is, uh, you know, jumping for joy. Right. So, Well, uh, my trepidation is just that I'm sick of everyone talking about it. Yeah, like, I just too. want it to be over. That, too. And, you know, <laughs> That's why I don't want to talk about it. And like I, like I was telling you earlier, I, I'm 
almost 100% positive nothing's going to change. Not much is mm -hmm. going to change. I, I, I'm pretty sure most things are going to stay status quo mm -hmm. in the country. Get back to me in a year on that. <laughs> See <laughs> well, where we are. We'll be saying, roll that clip back. Yeah. Oh, there he is. <laughs> saying that thing. So, But, you know, our new president is, uh, our new president-elect is a WWE Hall of Famer. That's right. If there's anything cool about it. That's to some people, maybe they, can, maybe they can find something, uh, something cool. Silver and, and technically owned the WWE for a short period of time. Ah, okay. <laughs> Before he sold it back, mm. you know. We'll get into all that in our news. You guys okay. know the story. Yeah. What else is going on, Christy? Oh, uh, well, that's a good question. You know, I'm I'm headed to the East Coast in a couple of days. It's the first time I've never been to New York City, so I'm excited about that. You. New York City. Mm -hmm. I heard you saying that earlier. You've never been. No, no, I know that's hard time? to believe. No, I only get to be there for like a day for a shoot, so. Uh, if I get my cab ride through the city, that'll probably be about it. But that's kind of enough sure. for me for the pay first time. Pay attention. Look, make sure you get a window seat. So when you're landing, you can look out the window and see the Statue of Liberty. And, oh, yeah. You know, the new Freedom Tower. And oh, it's all so that exciting. Stuff. It's and very I'm, cool. I'm just it's glad not to cool be going place. in the winter when it's snowy. It's not that, that bad. No. <laughs> I brought my daughter last, last Christmas. I brought her to uh, New York City. And it was actually kind of damp and, and drizzly out. Oh, really? Yeah. It was, there was no snow and it was like, you know, probably, I want to say 60 degrees out. See, that so kind of weather at Christmas time throws me off, man. Like when it gets to be around Christmas here and they have Christmas lights on palm trees. Yeah. Growing up in Minnesota, <laughs> that just, I don't know. It just doesn't appeal. It's just my senses. Yeah. I don't know. Something just seems off about all that. I'm a huge fan of the white Christmas myself. Me too. Aww. Yeah. There's something about Christmas in New York. Yeah. It's amazing. Even like, like, like you'll get fall. You'll be there and you'll be like, oh, wow, trees change colors out here. They're beautiful leaves. This is a great environment. Imagine that, right? Yeah, imagine that. So what? tell us more. What's going on out there? Oh, I, I can't really say a whole lot more. Really? Yeah, it's just it's nothing huge. It's for a network, though, and I will definitely be telling everybody when to watch. Say you promise on. to go find vegan pizza. And I do promise to find vegan pizza. Um, that is at the top of my list. Maybe more so than seeing this stuff. <laughs> Some good New York-style vegan pizza. Yes. Mm. Um, Giant. I have PCW this week. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, which Kevin Sullivan is going to do a guest training seminar at, which nice. should be really amazing. Like, so this is Pacific Coast Wrestling. Pacific Coast Wrestling here out Torrance, of Torrance, California. California. You were a backstage correspondent for them in the past. Yes, I believe that you can get several of their past shows on DVD on High Spots. Is that right? Uh, I don't know about High I think they just signed with that Flow. Oh, Flow they're, they're on Flow, Flow what we talked to Joey Styles about. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's cool because it's always such a good show. Yeah, they Such packed the house show. too. I just, I just, uh, I just communicated with Joey Styles yesterday, and oh. he was uh, eager to come back on the show, and so we can talk to him uh, in, in length instead of just about Good. Flow Slam. Nice, Good. I love it. There's so much to talk to Joey Styles about. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. we could do it. We could yeah, do a yeah. two-hour with him. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> well, I'm glad. To, I'm glad to hear you're going to New York. Well, thank you're you. You're gonna love New York. Thank you. I think I will. Yeah. Please come back. Don't stay. Oh, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. I'm Please a Cali girl back. now. Please come back. 
Well, on that note, I want to remind everybody, if you're traveling, you're hanging out at work, wherever you are, we are available on both YouTube and iTunes podcasts. And you can rate, comment, and subscribe. We would appreciate it if you would do so. If you use a podcast app and you can't find us, you can help us submit to that app. It's really easy. Just copy our RSS feed. That's available in the description box. Contact the app's support email. Hit me up at Christy Reports. If you can't find it, I'll help you out. Thank you in advance. We want to make sure you guys never miss an episode of X-Pac 12360. Very good job, Christy. Yeah. I'm going to reach over and give you a big giant pat on the back. <laughs> Very horrible. Well, let's see. This is episode 10 now, so I've only done 11. that 10 this times. This is 11. Oh, it is 11. 11. Oh, lucky number 11. Wow. Oh, I like that. Isn't number 11 now? Yeah. Pop Holy shit. Was 10. Yeah, Wow come so far. I used to be able to recite all of our guests. I'd be like, oh yeah, first we had Scott Hall, and then we had um, Billy Gunn, and Just then we incredible. had Justin Incredible. See, you're and... losing it already. See? I, well, I crazy DVD thing happens when there. you do a show every week. In 11 weeks, you have 11 <laughs> episodes. <laughs> Holy shit. Let's talk about that for a while. <laughs> well, guys, I'm ready to head into a little bit of news. How does that sound to you? Great. Let's do it. Let's, let's do, it. do, let's do Whoa, the Xbox. One, two, three, sixty. Wrestling news. That's right. I like this. Well. Again, as you all may have heard, WWE Hall of Famer Donald Trump, elected president of the United States. He was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2013, not even that long ago. I was there. Oh, you were at yes. the induction? Yeah, same one that Bob Backlund was inducted by Maria. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. It Sorry. was good. Uh, people remember the storyline from when he bought the show from Vince and then sold it back to him for twice the price two weeks later. So that's what I was referring to earlier. And then there was the famous hair versus hair match at WrestleMania 23. Yes. So he has given the WWE Universe some uh, memorable moments. Sure. And he had both WrestleManias. Like, what was it? Five and six? Four and five. Four and five. Yeah. So he's definitely been involved with them for a long time. And I think time. they even returned to Trump Plaza later, like maybe number eight or I don't know. I can't remember exactly, but I know there was at least two at Trump Plaza and I and you know, Donald Trump was really quick to jump on the WWF at the time bandwagon because he knows what's up when he sees it. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's worked out well for him. I know Linda McMahon yes. made some donations to his campaign, large donations and yeah. And I, I like uh, did I ever mention to you that if you look, go look on uh, President-elect Trump's uh, Twitter profile and look at who he follows, he follows about, I think, 40 or 50 people. That's it. And one of them is Vince. Oh, I didn't yeah. realize that. Yeah. That's oh. right. Interesting. Well, his wife's going to get on the uh, cyberbullying, anti-cyberbullying bandwagon. That's going to be her cause. So. Oh. Well, Melania. Yes. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Right on. Meanwhile, things did not go so well for another Republican. Rhino lost his bid for the Michigan State House seat. Now, you guys might be saying, what? But wait, what? I heard that he won. Well, so did I. The the Associated Press actually reported that Rhino had won kind of early on in the election. And if you Google it, there's still tons of stories that say Rhino won. But unfortunately, he lost his bid receiving 9,999 votes compared to over 18,000 for the other candidate. So he was trying to become the first Republican to win that particular seat since 1988 so he definitely had a feat in front of him he even brought in names like kurt angle to kind of uh pitch for him and now he's just going to be on to helping team blue win that tag team 10-man elimination match at survivor series 
Team Blue. So he went from Team Red in politics to Team Blue in wrestling, huh? Exactly. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but a lot of people were were rooting for him. Yeah, and and here's the thing. I I talked to I talked to Rhino. We did this thing um, on the Chris Gethard show. Did you ever see it? Where mm-hmm. we beat up John Hamm no. from Mad Men? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, John Hamm was in a sumo suit and we beat the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah. There was wow. myself and Rhino and Chris Gethard. You know who Chris Gethard is? He's a comedian. He's a comedian, right? Yeah. yeah, his show's great. It's amazing. Um, and uh, uh, Will Ferrell's behind, is like backing it. And so it's, mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of people that that un, that realize Chris Gethard is uh, is really talented. Anyways, so I was talking to Rhino, and he was explaining, you know, how he, you know, how much work he put into this. Yeah. And so I'm I, I, I feel bad because he busted his ass and he did some grassroots politicking. Mm-hmm. He went door to door. I just, I man, in the Detroit area to run as a Republican, you, you're better, way better off running as an independent, mm-hmm. you know, I think. So. Yeah, yeah. So he he must have really believed in it and wanted to make it happen. I guess. Yeah. Aw. We'll vote for you next time, Rhino. Yeah, we need more people like Rhino and people like that to yeah. get into politics, not your career politicians. Mm-hmm. You know, because politics was, ne- you know, elected office was never meant to be uh, a career. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's get off of politics. <laughs> All right, because actually this next one is really <laughs> juicy. Sin Cara has been ordered to attend anger management classes mm-hmm. after a fight with Chris Jericho. Uh, now, this happened on a tour bus over the weekend. They were going from England to Scotland. This was the Raw crew riding together, and reportedly Sin Cara was making some noises on the bus. Everyone told him to quiet down. Chris Jericho got really hot at him, and Jericho reportedly confronted him. And Cara uh, threw a punch. At Chris Jericho, which mm. there was some different reports about how that actually ended up, but Jericho bit Sin Cara's finger, was as bad as he got off on it, and you know that this is not the first time that either one of these guys had been involved in a fight. Even this year, Jericho faced off with Lesnar backstage at SummerSlam, and Sin Cara was reportedly involved in a backstage altercation this summer with Simon Gotch. He's gotten into it with Sheamus before, and regarding the reports that Jericho got knocked out from that punch, he tweeted and says, I haven't been knocked out since 1994. <laughs> so that was definitely a denial on that one. This incident was first reported by Justin Labar, and we now know for certain that the WWE has told Sin Cara that he's got to get some anger management classes. What do you think about that? Oh, it's a bummer. I'm the one that, that uh, Jorge, his name is Jorge, mm-hmm. Sin Cara, Unico, um, he, he worked as Incognito, and he was the original Mystico. Mm-hmm. He 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 created that gimmick. Yeah, um, I was the one that that recommended him. Uh, to he's he's great. He's fantastic. He's a, he's a. Um, you recommended him to yeah to WWE? WWE yeah, and they hired him. Uh, he's he's a great employee. It's just a, you know you got a lot of guys with a lot of testosterone and uh, you know a lot of machismo, <laughs> as as they say, and. Um, uh, you know, did I you guess, work with him in Mexico? I worked. With, I worked okay. with him on, sh- on 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 spot shows here in the states, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, bummer. Uh, he's gonna, you know, just man, we can't just go to fisticuffs just every time. You know, something 
pisses us off. Do you mm-hmm. think that they should maybe like repackage his gimmick and take him out of the mask and make him like a bad dude that's like, no, I'm here no. to fight and I'm here to like no, make that, my way? No. No? No. <laughs> he just needs to go get some anger management, man. Shit. I mean, like, when you're on these long bus tour rides, like, is it easy to be, like, set off? Like, by, like, because uh, so, like, it's like he's making noises. Like, what does that really right. mean? Here's right. the thing. Almost everyone, and I mean almost everyone else, gets by without throwing punches at each other. So we can't have that. Sorry. I mean, it's just, there's a common you know, I mean, it's how many, three, four times now. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't matter who started it. It's just like. It makes you know, me think on. of the movie it's Great White Hype. Here. In the movie Great White Hype when he's like, don't give away what we can sell. It's like, <laughs> right. if you guys are backstage really fighting each other, like, what are we doing on TV? <laughs> like, well, are you surprised right. that he's been given so many chances? Because he's so well liked. And oh, okay. there's the positives far outweigh the negatives. Mm-hmm. But we can't just start throwing punches because we're mad. Just can't fucking do that can't i'm gonna keep that in mind for the rest of the show you guys are safe (laughs) (laughs) i'd be so scared if you started throwing punches i really would oh you wouldn't have to be be terrified (laughs) because you're like that silent assassin that like you don't want to fire up that like oh man but here's the thing too here's the thing too even if you think you know you're in the right or whatever chris jericho has been around damn near 30 fucking years Mm -hmm. in the industry and you know Maybe I wasn't there, so I don't know how Chris handled it, what he said or, or that. But unless he was a complete fucking douchebag about it, just just yield to the veteran, to the to the legend. You know, that would be the best thing to do. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, what else? Well, let's talk about a a veteran from another company. <laughs> ECW World, well, I guess not really another company. Former ECW World Champion and current Ring of Honor announcer Steve Carino is in Orlando, Florida as we speak at the WWE Performance Center working as a guest coach for the week. So this is actually kind of news because this website reporting, this is from PW Insider, says they've heard that his current Ring of Honor deal is actually up towards the end of the year. And he back in the day worked some enhancement matches for WWE as an announcer. Um, so, you know, they're wondering if maybe he's getting back into the WWE family. He was spotted in a mannequin challenge video that was posted by the company on Tuesday, and he's one of several guys that have gone to do guest spots like this at the Performance Center, like Scotty Tuhati, Mike Quackenbush, Rocky Romero have all stopped by to kind of offer their wisdom like this. So that's pretty cool. And the, oh my gosh, the mannequin challenge, do you know what that is? I'm not familiar it's, with it's a American brand Challenge. new uh, viral video thing where everyone acts still in the video like they're a mannequin and the video is moving and the WWE one from the Performance Center is by far the most excellent mannequin challenge video that you could see it's unbelievable everybody go and check I that think, out on WWE.com I think Mata doing like the deadlift yes. was like so crazy he's just holding and then the there's like two chicks fighting and one's got like their foot on her face and she's like pulling her hair. I'm like, wow, that like legit looks like they're mannequins. Like, yeah. It's crazy. Like they did such a good job. I wonder how many times they rehearsed that. Cause it's like two oh, and a half wow. minutes well, they're showing, of a steady shot. They're showing a little bit right now. Yeah. It was insane. Oh, that's kinda cool. I know. I want to know how many All takes. Right. Cause yeah. the whole one shot thing too, yeah. I think is probably the most difficult to I get. I can tell you how many takes it was. Oh, how From many? An insider. It was two takes. Shut, Shut up. up. Yep. The the first take, a couple people just fell out of the position they were in, but by the second take, they nailed it. Wow. 
Yeah, Amazing. no blinking, Unbelievable. nothing. Amazing. Yeah. I think Steve Carino at the Performance Center is a great idea, especially because like Adam Pierce is there, and I know him mm-hmm. and Adam Pierce work together in Ring of Honor a lot. So I'm sure that there's ties with that. And he's got a great mind, and he's been around wrestling for so long. Do you know he was supposed to be the fake one, two, three kid? Yeah, oh, I'm aware. Yes. Of, I'm aware of the story. I don't know like how much. You know what was that when when we left and went to yeah. WCW? So mm-hmm. they had like yeah. fake Razor, fake Diesel, and he was mm-hmm. going to debut on Shotgun Saturday Night. And they saw his look, and they were like, "Oh, we can make you the fake kid." And then, um, oh, what was his name? Tiger Ali Singh. Yeah. Like just kept cutting his promo and cutting his promo and his match went from being like four minutes to two minutes to like run in there and roll into like the Northern Lights suplex was his finish. He's like, what's your finish? Northern Lights. Just run in there and hit it. And then that, that was the end of his match and they never did anything with him. So that was like one of his moments to try and shine. And so was he actually one, two, three kid? No, he was. I think oh, they were going to call him that afterwards. They were, yeah, they brought oh. him in and then they were going to make him because they were doing fake Razor, fake Diesel. They were like, oh, we can make him the fake kid. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. That would have been a really bad thing for Steve. Steve. <laughs> that was something that As, you had How's heard Rick before, Wagner though? doing these days? I don't know. He was Big fake. Titan. Yeah. Oh, man. He's a good guy, too. Really nice guy. He's fake razor, right? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. The only one that came out of all that shit, like, smelling like a rose, was Kane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'm surprised you didn't know that they were going to do a fake kid. No. That's news no, to you? No, I, I probably, I mean, it might have made me chuckle at the time, but uh, I, I would have, it would have been just the same as as, uh, as Scott, you know, how his reaction to the ra- the fake razor thing, mm-hmm. you know, and Kev with the diesel we it's kind of flattering. The funniest is like WCW not knowing that they were going to be fake characters. They thought they'd really yeah, purchase them back. That's so right. They offered them tons of more money and they're like, that's right. Fuck yeah. Sign it. <laughs> that's what's so crazy about it. Yeah. That's a true story. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> but there is only one Sean Waltman and there is also only one James Ellsworth. Everybody has been dying to know if this Local enhancement talent turned almost WWE superstar has technically been signed to the company. James himself gave an interview and he said, I do hear stuff regarding getting a full-time contract, but I don't count my chickens before they hatch and I don't know what the future holds. So he has not been technically signed to WWE as everyone is speculating because he's got t-shirts and he is so over in the crowd. It goes crazy for him. He says he does hope to be there in the WWE as James Ellsworth until he's about 75 years old. Get this. Every week after SmackDown, he seeks out Vince McMahon to ask him how he did. Every single week, he says, and I've got nothing but great feedback. I don't get to speak to him for an extended amount of time. But every week, he said, good job, kid, and see you next week. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's nice to get uh, an affirmation from the boss. Yeah. Yeah. Trust me, when you come back through the curtain, uh, a thumbs up and a smile uh, can make or break your... Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. It does, if you went out there and killed it and you came back and you didn't get that fucking thumbs up... It could really fuck with you. Yeah, deflate. Just like, ooh. That's hmm. interesting, especially for someone like James, who the crowd loves so much, and he's so sure. over. I mean, in, in Glasgow this week on SmackDown, they were going insane for him. Everyone wants him to be part of the Survivor Series team. He's now been made the mascot. So hmm. he's working it. Yeah. Good for him. Is that a Ghost Rider tattoo? On his no, it's uh, Offspring. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like from one of the first Offspring albums, okay. I think. 
the oh, tattoo so on his weird. arm. It's funny because like if he does get signed, he'll get to keep his name. Right. Or like he has his name, like they can't take that like so like when he gets released he can go on it's like a very similar to Colin Delaney story. You know Colin know Delaney Colin, from yes. like ECW. They brought him in, they wanted him to job to Shelton Benjamin and then like he did so good they just kept bringing him back and bringing him back and then he got offered a contract and he was like one of the only few people who didn't go through developmental. Yeah. So this is kinda like a similar situation of like we bring you in to do a job and people like you and we just keep bringing you back, so maybe it'll work out. But what's crazy is like like, they didn't want him to be as huge as he is becoming. The mm-hmm. WWE Universe made him that way. And it's so funny how they're pushing someone like this, but Zack Ryder does the same thing. And they're like, no, we don't want you to be a star. Zack Ryder That's has the look and all, and all that, though. He ha- he looks like a wrestler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's, his body's great. He's, his fucking thick beard is <laughs> nice. <laughs> His hair and his fucking tan and all that shit. So why do you think they don't pull the trigger on someone like Zack Ryder, but they're really pushing someone like James Ellsworth? The he, people. Yeah, but the people were so behind Zack Ryder. They're still kind of, but not as much as they were. Well, I mean, they dropped the ball on that. They'll drop the ball on this. <laughs> Am I saying this on, on the show? <laughs> I just think uh, it out got loud. Two hands. Maybe he'll he's drop got two up. hands. He'll pick it back up. And That's keep right. On. He'll pick it right back oh, up. Shit. Oh, this has been fun. <laughs> Guys, I'm Christy Olson, your managing editor and chief correspondent of AfterBuzz TV's Pro Wrestling News Division. And this has been the Xbox 12360 News of the Week. If you've got some juicy scoop or you need more details, you can always hit me up at Christy Reports. And we will be back very shortly with Kevin Sullivan. Stay tuned. What's up, party people? Roxy Stryer here from The Tomorrow Show with Kevin Undergaro. We're your twice-weekly broadcast of One Man's Midlife Crisis and the mad millennials in Star Trek uniforms that follow him. And I'm one of those millennials, Lauren Legrasso here. We've had some amazing guests like Russell Simmons, Ileana Douglas, and Craig Gass. Coolio, right? Christian Blatt in the house to tell you to go to thetomorrowshow.com to check us out. We're live every Monday and Thursday from 10 to midnight Eastern. That's thetomorrowshow.com. Be there, be square, whatever that means. Welcome back to X-Pac 12360, dubbed the Boston Battler on the amateur wrestling scene. This iconic performer led the Dungeon of Doom, scored multiple titles at CWF and ECW, and attempted to cure fans' Hulkamania. He's been working in the sports entertainment biz for over four decades. Ask him why the devil made him do it. Ladies and gentlemen, the Prince of Darkness, Kevin Sullivan. All right. Hell yeah. Wow. Hey, Kev. How wow. about, how about Thank that? Thank you for that introduction. I can lay down and do anything I want, Sean. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, you should have hey, hey. heard the one she gave uh, Lanny Papa last. She even wrote a poem for Lanny Papa last week, Kevin. Uh, you, you guys are the best. I want to say something right off the bat, okay? Yes, sir. Uh, <clears throat> I've known you for quite a while. I had the pleasure to work with you, and I just want to say, I want people out there to question some shit. Nobody knows history anymore. Uh, The two biggest groups in the history of wrestling were the NWO and the Generation X. What's the only common factor they have? Uh, let me I think, think about I know. it. <laughs> you, 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 okay? Mm. I was lucky enough to write, uh, to 
be involved in the NWO from its origin. And I was lucky enough to ride with you and Kevin Scott. You know, I should have got bad pay when I rode with you. But uh, a lot of people don't realize how brilliant you are. I appreciate and you where saying I'm that, going Kevin. is, if this is the election time and season, we got a president now that's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. yeah. I definitely think that you need to be in the Hall of Fame. So, boys, in the WWE, if you hear me, put your pencils on a piece of paper, and Xbox is the first guy who goes there. Point, thank you so much, Kevin. It means a lot it's to me. It's the truth. Though. It's it the does. truth. I'm glad you but finally brought that up, Kevin. I've always wanted to talk Pick about that. Pick it kids. Pick it yourself. Only two groups have controlled the wrestling business in over 25 years. And you're a member of both. It ain't, I, I'm, I'm no, I'm no, I'm no genius. I mean, <laughs> that's common sense. Well, it's you know when you put yourself in the right place at the right time, Kevin. Things like that, you know, good shit happens. So I mean, there's a lot yeah. of there's a lot of factors that go into how uh, how I managed to pull a lot of that shit off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, some of the reasons were mm-hmm. you knew your position. Yes. You worked your ass off, you overperformed, and you knew your position so good in, with me in the NWO was I had Hercules, I had the Frankenstein monster, yep. then, then I had Dr. Frankenstein, me and you, who controlled the monsters, but <laughs> you were such a little asking about it, excuse my language. You can use, you can use, said, you can use whatever language you want. I shot at him, but I ain't gonna mess with the other two in the camera and all That's this. Right. You've given me too much credit sometimes, I heard. Brother, you guys were on top of things. It'll never be that way again. And I shouldn't say never, but you guys were anomaly that came along that hasn't been in the wrestling business before or since. Amazing what can happen when you book fucking heat on the heels, Kevin. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know. Maybe they should have to have one guy that was a heel in their group somewhere. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, uh, it's it's like I said. Uh, one of the things that I started laughing knowing I was going to be with you today was I flashed back over 20 years ago, and, I, and <clears throat> we're doing promos, and you guys are coming in, and you're doing the big good cop, bad cop, <clears throat> nasty Kevin, Scott trying to handle everything, and you being the politician, yeah, you know what I mean? The and the baby faces run up to me and say, they're working for Vince. They're working for Vince. <laughs> they're beating us every night. They're beating us every night. I'm saying to myself, do these guys understand the guy they're talking to? Is right. the guy that's putting these guys over? Mm. I mean, oh, <laughs> you know, that's how much heat you guys had. But here, the thing is, is eventually, Kevin, we gave it back to him. And that's what I can't stand. I do some podcasts, and people say, oh, those guys weren't business. Okay, Charlotte. The four horsemen. You're laying in the middle of the ring, sold out arena, and you're getting beat off all three. All three laying in the middle of the it, ring, and the whole time, 
in the middle of the ring. Yes. Yep. Rey the- Mysterio owns his, owes his uh, life in the wrestling business to you guys. Kevin put him over. Scott put him over. You put him over. Yeah. I never had a problem ever coming to you guys and saying, oh, hey, guys, what do you think? Because I always like to give you guys, a, you know, like a week to, uh, to think about stuff because you guys were creative. But I never had anybody say, well, uh, Lex Luger wouldn't do that. You know, and that's like telling me this to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? There wasn't anybody in the third person yet. That's what needs to be done. We'll do it. Even right or wrong, I knew you guys were, if I was wrong, we're going to make it so right, it made it look right. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and like, like, like we were saying, Kevin, um, it was the baby bases when we came into WCW. Uh, the baby bases pretty much were dead in the water. Like all the top, all the top money guys that you know they're getting paid the most. So you got to push those guys. They were fucking deader than shit, Kev. Well, you know, here's the horrible thing: when you go into place, when you guys were coming in and you were a breath of fresh air and getting over, and these guys that were getting paid in mailing their performance in. We're starting to get pushed by an outside entity, and they're saying, "Oh my God, I have to keep up with these guys. Yeah. I have to be smart on promos. I have to start working." They resented that because they thought, "Oh, the next thing is they'll have somebody take my job." It wasn't that they th- thought about, "Hey." Let's perform with these guys to the highest ability we can so this company makes money. I think if they had really grasped that, maybe WCW still be, you know, an entity. Who knows? But they were taught that, you know, I mean, it was reinforced in them that this was like a, a fucking uh, country club. And, you know, here it's almost free money. And you come in and, you you know, you... you that you phone in your performance and you know you get your paycheck every every week and it's the same paycheck and there's no incentive uh uh to do better or you know i mean it's that's a that's why vince never gave in uh guarantees before that you know and yeah and, yeah and, and i can you know and, and here's the thing okay you when you guys left they had a building guarantees for the WWE at the time, right? Yes. Because, okay, so that says to me, he broke precedence, which he doesn't usually do. That's how important you guys were. And that's why I'm saying, you know, people, I, I, I don't mean to knock anybody. They're better, they're faster, they're stronger than the athletes today. Oh, yeah. But you you can't try to do what you guys were. That's like running a field and trying to catch lightning in a bottle. It doesn't happen again in a hundred years. And I, I find that when they, the invasion angles and anybody trying to do an angle that involved whatever you guys were working with, whether it was the generation X or, or the NWO, 
it's like the people don't even register to it. They say, oh, that's what Sean and Kevin did. That's what Sean and uh, Hunter did. It, it, they, you can't follow, you can't follow something with the same thing. Is where I'm going. Yeah, and it, 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 it's always going to be compared, like you just said, Kevin. And here's the thing. I mean, who's going to come up with the new thing, with the newest thing, like that? That's that hasn't been seen before. I mean, any ideas, Kevin? <laughs> how come? You know, here's I, and I'm jumping around a lot here, Kevin. And and I want to kind of get too. and I want to and that's just how I am. I fucking I'm all over the place when I talk to people. But um, and this is kind of out of order. But any why haven't you ever uh, worked for WWE in a creative uh, capacity? Because you're a fucking genius, uh, Kevin. Oh, I appreciate that, but I don't know if I am. But uh, uh, one thing is that I've been able to recall almost every incident in the wrestling business. Sean, you probably don't even remember this. I remember the first time I ever met you. It was in the shower room in between the office in Tampa. You were training with Malenko. I was working in Japan and someone tried to open up the Tampa office. So I, I have pretty good total recall. Oh, wow. So I'm Holy not, shit. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, I mean, you were a handsome young man, you know. And we were talking, and you, you're like me, you're a wrestling fan, and you were starting to train with Mike, or had finished training, I'm yeah. not sure. No, I was still doing it. you yeah. told me you were from Minneapolis, and we, we got a, uh, I'm pretty good. Uh, I, I never, I only time, I was talking to Vince quite a bit when uh, Hogan got the belt the last time. We were talking almost every day, and I told him, listen, uh, you're going to have Hogan lose. I, you know, this is when he won the belt the last time. I didn't have finish. Right. And I, I said to him, you know, here's the thing. Hogan is Ali. We allowed Ali to win the last six fights without a knockout or right. TKO. We looked the other way because he's Muhammad Ali. I said, he's Hulk Hogan. And then uh, I met with... Uh, uh, with uh, his daughter and uh, Johnny Ace. They asked me to come down to meet him in Fort Lauderdale. I met them, and the first thing she says to me is, I don't know anything you've done. Uh, what have you done in the wrestling business? And I might have been a little bit of a smart ass, but I said, well, ask your father. You know what I mean? Right. So I never went any further than that. Uh, I, 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 it's like you. You have a, an incredibly good head about the wrestling business. The reason why not only are you a wrestling fan, you're around some of the smartest guys in the wrestling business. Oh, amen to that, Kevin. You being one of them. Well, I mean, you wrote Kevin and Scott. You learned not only the wrestling business, but the wrestling politics business. Yep. So you got... And then you were... At, with Hunter, so you saw how this business works. I don't understand how they can get people that don't know anything or anything about the history of the wrestling business and expect them to write something that makes sense. I don't either, Kevin. 
<laughs> I don't either, man. I'm still trying to figure it out, but that's the way they're doing it now, and it doesn't look like they're going to change that policy anytime soon. So how do we how do we work within those parameters and try to make things as good as possible? You know, <laughs> here, here, here's the thing, and I've said this before. Uh, it isn't that they don't have the answer. They have a network with tapes. Yeah. Why doesn't somebody sit there, like a, a brilliant guy like you, and go over and say, oh, look at the Freebird angle they did in uh, World Class yeah. with Junkyard Dog. Well, why don't we go back and look at the Mark Lewin angle with the Sheik out of Detroit? Why don't we go back at Paul Bosch and look at Wahoo and Johnny Valentine? I know it sounds like we're digging people up from the grave, but what works still works. I was just looking back you know? uh, before before you came on and before we started uh, 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 production on, on this episode, I was looking at uh, you and Dusty uh, tapes from Florida, and, and you were uh, when you threw the ink in Dusty's sister's eye. Oh man! Yeah, yeah, that's some, yeah. some heavy stuff, man. Heavy stuff, Kevin. I, that's the stuff I yeah, grew up it, on. The be, the first stuff that I was ex, uh, exposed to was you as a heel doing the, the yeah. whole Buddha Dean shit. It was amazing, man. Let me tell you how that happened. Uh, Mark and I were, were left Florida, and I lost the loser leaf Thomas to Dusty, and I went to work for Jimmy Crockett, on, and I worked the first uh, Starcade, and I left right after I got paid. And Dusty had called me, knew I left, he gave me a guarantee, I came back, and the angle I came up with was, back in the days before me, there was, this is your life, and we did this is your life, Dusty. Right. But we also got Eddie Graham over because when I blinded his sister, Dusty, and Eddie took a chance. Dusty was supposed to work that following Wednesday in Miami against Flair because that's what the ink was for, to sign the contract. Right. And Dusty went on strike. He wouldn't wrestle for uh, Florida Championship Wrestling. I don't. I think they put Barry in there against Flair. <clears throat> and then they had What do you mean he went on strike? Kevin, I'm sorry to interrupt what? you, but what do you mean he went, Dusty went on strike? As a shoot or a store, but part of the angle? Part of the uh, story uh, line. Oh, he went okay. on strike. He wouldn't wrestle Flair until I was gotcha. back into uh, World Championship Wrestling because I was uh, x Nate, you know what I mean? Yeah, they, they... So they had five people vote. It was two to two, and Eddie broke the vote, you know, broke it. He said, this one's for Dusty. And uh, Dusty and I worked the following Saturday in Lakeland and Dusty did the right thing Sean he put me over right in the middle of the ring nice nice you know what I mean is that, is that we were off and running now in Lakeland is that when is the next time you guys showed up in Lakeland is that when you had uh, Adrian Street as Dusty's partner on the return, I yeah. had Adrian Street as Dusty's partner. Yeah. Yeah, but that was huge business. Was, that was a sellout in uh, Lakeland. I remember it. I yeah. was there. Yeah. 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 And, and there was a guy, uh, another, here's the thing. 
and I don't want, again, I don't want to sound like a knock, 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 knock. Right. These guys are great. But cookie cutters, you know, do you think Adrian Street, if he showed up in a wrestling office, or Dusty Rhodes showed up in a wrestling office in today's day, in their gimmick, would get a shot? Of course not. Okay. Of course not. So, I mean, yeah. uh, you're talking about one of the greatest talkers of all times, talk people into, yeah. you know, he was the catalyst uh, to make this angle and I, with me work because he was the American dream and I was knocking the American dream and he was the driving force. Here's Adrian Street and when I spiked, you know, Dusty and said, Miss Linda, uh, Dusty just knew and like you do, you, you know, if you know, you know, if you don't know, you just don't know. That's right. And as I, as I get to be older and hopefully wiser, guys like you are the last link. You're around the Dusty Rhodes, the Terry Funks, yeah. the Rick Flairs. You work with these guys. You know how to draw money. But is anybody going to ask you, hey, you got, like I said, two of the biggest groups in the history of wrestling, and nobody calls you and says, "Hey, take a look at the state poly control, please." What do you think? You know, what I mean, it just baffles me. It baffles me because how can you expect them not to call you and have a guy that knows nothing about wrestling write a wrestling segment? Yeah, <laughs> I know, Kevin. So, I know. Does that man. make any sense? Am I? Uh, it doesn't. You know, am I kind of? Oh, yeah. Is it for me personally? When people ask me how come you're not there, I just know, and I'm only talking about me. And regardless right. of how much I know and and what I have to offer, it's best that um, our relationship is where it is right now because I don't think I could be there, and. Uh, and play well with others in, in that kind of an environment. You know what I mean? Oh. That that makes any sense. Absolutely, absolutely. That was uh, Stephanie's, when I, I closed the conversation with her, she said to me, we hear you want your own way. And I said, what do you mean by that? She said, if it came to Vince or you, what would you decide? I said, he writes the checks. You know what I mean? Sure. I gotta go with the gut boss, okay? But that doesn't mean I'm just gonna say, Yeah, that's good. Yeah, sure, Vince, that's good. I said, if you want a yes man, I'm not the guy. If you want a guy to maybe stimulate his intellectual knowledge on the wrestling business, maybe I'm the guy, but I said I'm not gonna say, You can't do this. It's his company, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's what they think about guys from our generation. We're gonna do a 1960 <laughs> how to draw money, yet they never call them and say, hey, we'd like to talk to you. Can, we, can you give us four days or three days or three hours or whatever? It just blows me away. I'm, I'm, I'm going, I'm going to, um, 
I'm going to take a guess that they don't really want want my opinion on on a lot of things. I give it to them anyhow uh, sometimes, and they and they listen to it. But they're they're never soliciting my my fucking advice. I can promise you that, Kevin. Yeah. Well, I think what I said before, and I think people are going to understand what I say and say, snap their head. It's right in front of them sometimes when they don't see it. You are in the two of the most successful groups in the history of all kinds. And not only that, you were successful as a single. Scott, I appreciate Scott, and I think he's a genius in the wrestling business. He saw something in you that nobody else saw, and he went out and put you over it. But not, they think, everybody thinks you got put over the first week. Am I correct? Yeah. No, yeah, that, yeah, people, they think that was my debut. Like, they don't know, <laughs> yeah. you know, the whole backstory. Yeah, they don't it. know the struggle. Right. And Scott saw that, and he said, I can make money with this kid. So you need somebody like that, and, you know, you, you would see that now, too, because that knowledge was passed on to That's you. Right. And what you're trying to do is pass on knowledge to people who don't really deserve it and don't want it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. I, I, and, you know, it's, it's, I don't really feel like wasting my time, Gavin, because, you know, I, and you're older than me, so you know this better than I do. There's not too much fucking time to waste anymore. Oh, you know? brother, every morning I get up, I say, hey, I got another day in. And <laughs> you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, you know, hey, we're from that era where anything could happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh-oh, bingo 17. That's Kevin. Uh-oh, bingo 19. Yeah. <laughs> That's Sean. You know, it didn't. Now, there's no time to waste. And I don't understand why they're wasting time. Mm, I don't either. You know what I mean, Kevin? That's what. Yes, sir. Hey, I was. I want to. I want to go back a little bit. Uh, and okay. Like I said, we're jumping around, but I want to go back to the San Francisco days. It was, how long had you been? Yeah. In, how long had you been in wrestling when you worked for Shire? Uh, six years. And you start. And you six start. Years. Did you start in Boston, up in the Northeast area? Who trained you? Well, I. I started in Montreal. I actually, Sean, this is a funny story. I started uh, the Boston YMCA Union. I was an amateur wrestler. Uh-huh. This guy came who's from South Africa. Did you ever think about becoming a professional wrestler? I said, yeah, but I wouldn't know how to do it. He got be booked in Montreal, showed me some stuff, so I'm waiting for the, them to smack me up for the finish. They don't give me the finish. They screw the whole thing up. Yeah. His name was Fernand Fischet. You know, there was a guy that taught me. His name was Pat Gerard, was the local promoter. Yeah. He actually taught Pat Patterson. So, I mean, there's a, there's a lineage there. So, what happened was uh, I lurked up there, and then I started in uh, Georgia, and then went to the Gulf Coast, and then right. I went Shires later on, yeah. So, but what... What group were you working for in Montreal when you started? Because, you know, there was the... Uh, there the, was two groups. Right. There was two groups. Plus, they let this guy, Patch Rod, who was taught everybody. who was like years ago in the 80s when Honolulu was like a free state. They yeah. allowed you to work. One time, me and Mark worked against Fuji and uh, uh, Tanaka? Uh, Morocco. Oh, Morocco. They were the, from the WWF, and we were from the NWA. So... Pastor Rod ran every Sunday 
in Verdun. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So, and and yeah. uh, so, how did that how did that uh, relate to to the uh, Hawaii stuff, Kev? Oh, that didn't relate to the Hawaii stuff. Oh. But what I'm saying is, they allowed both groups to wrestle there. Yeah. Because it was like paying Pat back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. I you, get what you're you saying. If you were off on a Sunday, you went work from almost like the Malenko deal when you were growing up. Right. Yeah, but Malenko, yeah. Malenko, and and Eddie Graham. You know, Malenko and Eddie Graham. You know, they had this this feud in the late '60s and in the uh, early '70s that went like. F- Right. Four or five years straight, but then Malenko had a big fallout, and like they didn't have Malenko didn't have much nice to say about Eddie. To be honest with you, uh, besides he put him, he put him over as being brilliant. He put him over as being, um, you know, excellent in the ring. You know, great babyface, great mm-hmm. seller, and all that. But he didn't like him as far as you know. He didn't think he took care of him on the money. So, oh, and I'm, there was I'm, a huge. Yeah, what? Eddie didn't, and the other thing was, I had heard this, and the boys would know if this is true. He was supposed to give Malenko a percentage. Probably should have, Malenko, actually. Yeah, yeah, and Malenko, uh, you know, he was the biggest star besides Dusty in the history of Florida Championship Wrestling. He was working with Eddie, who was probably at the time neck and neck with Dustin's popularity. Yeah. But Malenko, uh, I can see what happened there, and Eddie was paranoid because Malenko, I don't have to tell you, had that outgoing personality. Yeah. People that would meet him would like him. Eddie was afraid that he would hit. Uh, meet someone from the TV industry, and they would give him a TV program. Oh wow! Back in the day, yeah, back in the yeah. day when it was the territories, they didn't even want you to to rent a house. You know what I mean? Sure. Not, not even buy a house. They didn't want you to rent a house in case you were secretly buying it. And Malenko moved there and uh, to Tampa because he had a family. He was a great, great guy. Yeah. You know, I mean. The night I, I bumped into you was he came down and if you remember there was some guys trying to start a wrestling company in Florida and they were running like three days a week. They called me over and I was off from the, from Japan and that Michael came and I forget who I worked with but he had the chain and I think I worked with Kevin Windham and he had the okay. chain and he got involved. Yeah. He was a great guy. He was a great guy. But so, you know, going back to San Francisco, Kevin. Um, yeah. I was looking at at some stuff, and it reminded me of your uh, your early view with Bob Roop before you did the. Remember, he was a star Star Warrior or a Star Raider or something, and then you did the stuff right. with the Nivek Navalis. Yeah, yeah. I did this thing with Roop. What out there was where. I just came in to beat his ass. He was part of my family. He wrestled my brother. He crippled my brother, and that was it. And right. then we carried it on where when we went to Florida, uh, there was a bounty on Dusty's head, $5,000. It was by Nevik Novelis. And J.J., who doesn't get the credit he deserves as a great manager, He's goes, awesome. oh, I know who that is. It, it was that old-time German wrestling. It's never novelist as Kevin Sullivan backwards, you know what yep. I mean? Yep. So, yeah, yeah. 
But uh, let me mention something. I'm going to be in L.A., and I hope you come and see us and RVDs against Pentagon and that uh, Pacific uh, Coast Wrestling and uh, RVD in uh, Pentagon. Have you ever worked with uh, either one of them? I know you're I work, RVD. I, yeah, RVD for sure. And I work with Pentagon's. Yeah. I work with. I'm, I'm dating myself right now. I work with. I worked with Pentagon's father. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was. I, I lived in Mexico for four years, Kevin. But um, uh, hey, Kevin. Wow. Yeah, I did, man. Hey, did you ever wrestle down in Mexico? I only wrestled in the border towns when I was in uh, Southwest to Luke. Luke yeah. was the booker in Southwest Championship Wrestling. Luke and I were good friends. Uh, so he would bring me in on weekends, and I worked like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. When I was kind of freelancing there for a while, yeah. Wow, cool. So I, knew I that... never, I always wanted to work in Mexico. It's funny because where I really trained to wrestle was in Brooklyn, New York. Right. And it was I was the only Hispanic, in, I mean, uh, I was the only non-Hispanic in the gym. Johnny Rods came from there. Uh, Victor Rivera. Uh, Pedro Morales, Carlos Colon, two thirty-four Broadway upstairs. Yeah, yeah. Damn, you can so remember, I, you remember I, the I, address. I, I, Holy I, I, shit! Yeah, and I used to go to the uh, Luchador movies in Brooklyn at the time. Oh, you used to watch so the I, old El Santo movies. El Santo, Luke movies. Demon, yeah. El Santos, Mill. You know. Yeah, you would have gotten over so big time down there. Yeah, you would have gotten over big time down there, especially as a heel and the way you work and the way you get over and, you know, how you know how to get heat. It would have been great. It would have been fantastic. Because they, they they still believe, Kev. They still believe down there. How, how, I know, Kev. And what? Oh, I was just going to say, when do you when do you get to work uh, for a crowd that still believes? I mean, you don't really find those that often anywhere. Mexico might be the last... Uh, the last of, of that. So, you know, that, and, and here's the thing that's sad, and you can testify to this. You know, you guys get heat sometimes where there's no reason to get heat, meaning you, Kevin Scott, right? About yeah. the Goldberg thing. That was our goal. Okay. Uh, you guys know how to get right to it. You, you become super breathing dragons and you know how to make the guy uh, a knight rather than beating a salamander. Right. But I also think when you guys went out there, I'm going to say, hey, 75% of the people before they saw you guys knew it was bullshit. But it's like going to a movie. You don't know there's cameras there all of a sudden. You know, it's you guys getting over. I think that, hey, when I used to go to the wrestling matches as a fan, I was an amateur wrestler for 10 years. I knew you couldn't beal a guy across the ring. <laughs> and I thought it was all bullshit <laughs> until I saw the Sheik. Yeah. The building actually moved when he came out against Sparrow Arion. And Sparrow was the number two baby face, right? Right. After Bruno. And it was a three-minute, um, uh, how can this be? This ain't fake. You know right. what I mean? 
And I think we all want that again, don't we? I want to be fooled. I want yeah. desperate. Yeah. I want desperately to be fooled, yeah. Kevin. You know, like yeah. yes, hell yeah. Like, please fool me. Of, please work the fuck out of me. <laughs> one of the biggest compliments I ever got was from you guys. When you guys told me that a group of you guys bought the pay-per-view to see me and Pilgrim. Yeah. Because you guys weren't sure. Uh, no. If my people aren't sure. Boy, he did an incredible, he was incredible. And I'm going to ask you this question. Okay? okay. And I've asked Jim Ross, and when I asked Jim Ross, I knocked him back on his heels. Okay. Okay. Do you think, without Brian Pillman, that Stone Cold would have been as extreme Stone Cold without Pillman? Wow. Wow. I kind of I had a feeling you were going to go there, with, like about something about Steve, and I, I think Steve would probably say no. I think I yeah. Steve gives he's very good about giving uh Brian Pillman all the credit in the world. He deserves it, it you know. It, oh, oh, and I I said this before in a lot of interviews. I've said not only did we lose a great performer, we lost a great mind like you. We lost a great mind. Could you imagine if they were talking about feuds if Brian had lived? The first one would be Pillman Austin. Yeah. Yep. I mean, they just started, they went so far over the top of gun. Most people say, oh, that's ridiculous. We're still talking about it, aren't we? Yeah, and, you know, like, looking back <laughs> on it, it wasn't really that over the top. I mean, no, no, not at all. I mean, nobody no. got nobody got shot, you know? No, so. and, and you know, that Brian's playing this thing that he's paranoid, fucking schizophrenic, whatever right. it is. And, you know, you're into it. And we're still talking about it. So I actually, when I said to Jim that, it was a year ago at WrestleMania, he said to me, I think you're right. Without Pillman, he laid the groundwork to go that far. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And you guys a, laid the groundwork before, too. Hey, whose, so, idea, so whose idea was all that, Kevin? Was it yours, Pillman? Did you guys collaborate on it? Who came up with it? Uh, I'd like to say it was all mine. It was Brian who came to me. But the funny thing was, I mean, Brian played it to the hilt, right? Yeah. And guys would come up to me and say, I hope you kick the shit out of that Pillman. And I see the same guys later on saying to Brian, I hope you kick the shit out of him. He called me, you know, late at night and said, hey, what did he say to you? I said, the same thing he said to you, Brian. And we would talk on the phone late at night, but we never talked in the building. We never got anywhere near right. where the boys could say they're working. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I know it upset some people. You know what I mean? They yeah, they, it, they weren't. it didn't but sit well we with were, some of us in the, in, the, in the locker room, but I think that was a good thing, Kevin. Well, I also wanted to see, and I think Brian wanted to see, because... If you remember, Brian, uh, you know, he ended up getting three paychecks, one from Vince, one from us, and one, yeah. one from ECW. Uh, I think Brian wanted to test that character to yeah. see if it would work. And he figured out, let's play it close to the vest. I said, okay, put me in a little bit of a position, but I'll do it. And he was, you know. It just Not seems like it also just seems like something that would be right up your alley. Uh, 
knowing what I know about uh, King Curtis and and and, and your um, <laughs> just you know that's what I heard. I heard King. I heard Curtis was it was that type of a guy like would work the work the boys, you know, like and 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 things like that. Can you talk about that at all? Yeah, Curtis was the greatest talk of all times. I think you know. And Lanny Poffo said the same thing last week. He said something along those lines, too. That Randy Savage. Randy Savage got his uh, oh, yeah, from King Curtis. Yeah, and uh, Curtis, one time in Hawaii, there was a minute left to go on TV when they had local TV, and Ed Francis said, go out and count to one. I mean, to minute one. And Curtis started going one, but he had his back turned. Yeah. And he turned on two. He turned sideways on three. It was the highest rated minute in the, for the month yeah. on that television station. He was just a great talker. And I mean, I remember him, he would talk, he knew he was very smart. He graduated from UCLA as an orator. So he could really, uh, you know, talk, and he, yeah. he knew about different uh, countries, different cultures, and he'd be saying, I was walking the Milky Way in Singapore when I came right. upon a Moonadee in a Boogie Street, and I climbed the 15th It was all shit he actually did, you know what I mean? Okay. He lived an amazing, amazing life, but he used to say, you know, if you, if you want to get heat, don't be out there so much, you know, like he was the one that, I saw him grab a young kid that was a heel, going out and talking to people, he snatched him, this is back in the day, he said, don't sign those autographs, what are you, stupid? Right. You're a heel. You want them paying to see you get your ass beat, not saying, oh, he's not a bad guy. He said, it, it'll travel like wildfire. So, I mean, it, it's again, I had good teachers, Curtis, Smart, uh, Ken Lucas, I had guys that knew the wrestling history. So we're talking about here they have a group of guys like yourself from your era who are ready to go, and they're not saying, hey, is this maybe, could you look at this? You know, it just baffles me. Again, I'm, I'm being redundant. But no, but, but, so, but as far as, the, as, far as uh, uh, Curtis's philosophy, did he, did he think that sometimes it was good to work the boys as well? Work the the, the talent. I, I think he thought that if he was so far out there, and he was sometimes, right. John, you know what I mean? You, you know what I'm saying? He was really out there sometimes on um. Yeah. Sure, the beetle nut. He, he was chewing a, a little too much yeah, on the beetle nut, Kevin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, he was afraid that guys would could tell that he was fucked up. Right. So he played that he was fucked up half the time. You know what I mean? Sure. I don't know if I can use that word. But yeah, use whatever so word he you played want. That, he played that half the time so he didn't get guys saying, oh, Curtis is... So after a while, they kind of calmed down and said, oh, that's how he is. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Cause I, it's just that... Him and Mikey were way out there for a while. Yeah. Boy, no yeah. kidding, right? Hey, Kevin, we we yeah. uh, we have this video, and and it's the video of uh, you pulling um, pulling Mark out of the the water. Was that from your outside your house in Daytona Beach? Is that where that was? No, that was actually in Tampa, and we lucked out. Uh, that's why I was living in Tampa. We didn't oh, know were you on the Courtney Campbell Causeway? 
Yeah. <laughs> we didn't know it was going to be a full moon that night. Right. And it was a full moon, and everything just worked out. That was really the first video ever shot in the wrestling business. It was great. We're or watching one of it. The first. We're watching it right now, Kevin. You can maybe hear yeah. yourself in the background. And now, now Mark. Mark is just coming up out of the water. And I remember watching this at 10 years old or or around that age, and I was just like fucking in awe, man. This is just classic stuff. Well, Mark was a specimen, too, and he knew how to get heat. He sure did. He didn't do a whole lot of wrestling, Kevin. He he did a lot of... No, he didn't. And yet, he was one of the greatest baby faces of all times. Yeah. He had psychology. He was Argentina's locker's partner when he was 16. Sean, in 1953, Mark made $126,000. Wow. At 16 years old. Wow. Well, he looked amazing. Wow. And did, don't, don't you? Oh, yeah. Don't, don't, doesn't he still, doesn't he live by you out in Seattle right now? He, no, he lives in one of the other islands. Right. He, part of the year, and he lives in Singapore most of the year. He's 80, and he's still squatting 400 pounds. He's, Holy shit. You know, A to Z. He's still A to Z, Yeah. he's 80. A to the Z. So, wow. Wow, man. Yeah. Hey, hey, how can you how can you argue at what he's doing? It seems to be working for him. It, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Shit. Wow, man. Hey, I, Kevin, yeah. my... Um, my co-host and my producer Jimbo here, I'm sure have some questions they're dying to ask you, and they've been very patient as I've been uh, been just just shooting the shit with you here. You mind if they ask you a few? No, oh, of course not. Thanks. It's been great to be with you. I appreciate it. Well, since yeah, you, Jimbo. Since <laughs> you mentioned uh, PCW, and I know you have an upcoming seminar there uh, Saturday, November 12th, starting at two to four thirty at the Oak Street Gym in right. Torrance, California, and I just wanted to know, like, what are some of the things you look for when you do these seminars? Because I know you get to pick two students from the seminar to actually wrestle on the show. Well, I have a different take on it. It's like, and I'm sure Sean knows where I'm going with this. If you're going to steal something from somebody, but don't do it on the same show as them. You know what I mean? I want to see, okay, everybody can flip and flop and it's great, and this is what the audience wants today. But there's still psychology involved in it, and maybe you go to do it one time and you don't do it. You don't give them everything, you know. It's like you take a girl to dinner, you know, you wine and diner, you put the music on. I mean, there's a ritual to this, and there's a ritual to wrestling, and there's a ritual to get heat, and there's a ritual to make a comeback. And if you don't know it, you're just doing it. You're just yeah. doing the act to do the act. Does that make sense? Yeah, so it seems like your seminar is going to be really like psychology-driven of like why right. you do right. these things as opposed to like, all right, everybody get in the ring, do a bunch of squats. All right, now everybody go <laughs> yeah, over here, yeah, yeah. do a bunch of this. Yeah, yeah. And, and the other thing is they sold out already. If you look on their website, they're going uh, next uh, – in January, the next show is January 14th, I believe, or the 20th. I have to look back. But they go into another building, and they get a huge advance. And they get a 70 symbol. They get $75 tickets, and they're all sold out. They get $50 tickets, yeah. all sold out. $35 tickets. And they got that match that nobody's seen. So to me, you know, uh, this is maybe a rejuvenation independent wrestling 
if you give it to them, maybe, you know, the old thing about uh, build the dreams on baseball fans. If you build it, they will come. And it seems that they've built it in the Pacific Wrestling, you know, Pacific Coast Wrestling seems to have built the road to get there. Absolutely. Well, what do you think of the young talent that's out there on the indie scene? Oh, they're so much better. You know, we were, they're physically better. uh, I just. They really are, Kevin. They fucking really are, man. Just to be honest with you, when it comes to what you're saying, yeah. (laughs) You know, here's the thing. Sean's a generation and a half behind me. And I hate guys from my generation that say, oh, they don't know what they're doing. They're going to outwork us the first two minutes. We couldn't keep up if we did 48 minutes. Which, on it's a different story. But these kids know how to perform. But I've seen shitty movies with Jack Nicholson with a horrible director. And Jack Nicholson is the best I know. Yep. Unless you have somebody directing these people or... They ha- and the young kids can't learn. It's like, I'm going to say something that I haven't really said before, and I think I should. Yeah. When I would go to these guys, when I would go to you and Kevin Scott, I didn't have to ask, what do you want to do? I knew where we were going. And, you know, we talked about it. You know, when they said, don't use baseball bats. I was I just. I had yes. Yeah, yeah, if you if you weren't going to bring that up, I was going to. Can you tell them about that one? Okay, we had this big thing in Disney this was great. where they attacked, the NWO attacked WCW. And Disney actually got calls and the police came because they thought it was a shoot. Uh, the, the Dungeon of Doom was wrestling a horseman. Uh, the NWO hit behind the scenes. They picked, Kevin picked up Ray Mysterio like a dart, threw him in. Sean was on, somebody, Scott was on, they were just nailing guys. Jimmy Hart runs down, tells us there's a fight in the back. We leave together, the heels and baby faces. We start fighting them, and they're beating us up with ball bats. So when I had to get it approved, they said, everything you've got is good except the ball bats. So I handed the boys the ball bats, and I said, whatever you do, do not use the ball bats. So I'm giving them the ball bats. I'm shaking my head, yes. Right. Yes. Yeah, he's going, he's going like this. He's going, don't use the ball bats, as the whole time he's shaking his fucking head. Like, in other words, use the ball bats. Because <laughs> <You know? laughs> what are they going to do? It's fucking live. Yeah, and uh, I mean, so you guys, when I came, would come in, I didn't have to ask you, what are we going to do? Uh, this is what I got planned. We're on the same page because yeah. we believed in heat, and we also knew. I remember we, was it Kevin or Scott or you that put Geyser over one time, and you weren't supposed to. That's something Scott would have done. Yeah, and I came to Scott and I said, "Why Geyser?" He said, "Because they didn't think it would happen." I said, "How can I? How can I uh, chastise that?" Right? Right. He 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 threw something and made a guy, and he made him. Where he meant something, you know what I mean? Somebody he did it to Jericho that, too one time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And somebody that really deserved the break, that worked hard, suffered. 
Yeah, well, Scott, so, you know, it worked with me. I mean, it, and it didn't hurt. It didn't hurt him. So, he, you know, oh. Scott realized like, you could do things like that. And if, you know, it, it, it did, did it really affect anything? Did him dropping one Garza, did it fucking hurt the, did, did we draw any less because of that? I don't think so. Absolutely not. Mm. Absolutely not. And, uh, you know, I love Scott. I mean, Scott used to tell me he used to watch me when he was a kid. And he'd say, I hated you so bad because you'd say, Andre, I worked with Andre in Orlando and he killed me, right? Yeah. He my boots, the whole thing. And uh, the people get their pop. And the next day, day I'd be on TV would tape all of my head say, I ran that sign out of town. I'm the only sign here and Scott got it. Right. Early. Someone pulled like you got it early. Yeah. Kevin got it early. Someone turned on the light and said, Okay, this is fake. I need to make money. How do I do it with the most credibility I can so people will keep coming back? And that's what it's all about. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Kevin, Isn't it Kevin, about putting asses in seats? And I think they forgot about that. I think yeah. these kids, this is the only thing I'm going to knock them on, okay? I think they're like painters. And I, I paint a little, so I know. Okay. I think they're painters that think they're the next Georgia uh, O'Keefe as the girls, or they think they're next Van Gogh. I'm just going to cut up my hair at Christmas. Right. But, they're the sh- you know what I mean? You don't know have any background to say that. You know what I mean? Until they have guys around that have been in the business and grew up in the business that were around, like you were, around Malenko's yeah. and Scott was around Eddie Graham and Dusty Rhodes and different people. I think we're going back into what we've said about how, how do they figure they're going to write this thing, the ship, if Every year, the ratings go down. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I, I don't know the answer, Kevin. And and you know, I it sucks when when you have to admit like you don't have the first fucking clue what it's going to take to uh, to change that. <laughs> you know, I think it's just letting wrestlers be them and just like the characters come out of people like you never had anyone write your promos and your promos are insane and like when we brought up to people that we were interviewing you this week the first words out of their mouth was like kevin sullivan is crazy that man is crazy yeah. and like you came nice. across so believable <laughs> that like to this day people still think like you're the devil and people you're in the crazy. state of florida yeah, yeah. people in the state of florida still believe in kevin sullivan i can fucking promise you that I grew up. Hey, Kevin. You know what this uh, this this question I wanted to ask you because right. you know that all that like you're like the the whole uh, your whole Sullivan army. You know that you know when you had Rube yeah, and, yeah. and and uh, yeah. Purple Haze and all that. Um, it, you know the production values for championship wrestling from Florida were what they were, at, but right. but the content was so fucking good and so hardcore. That was like, it came off hardcore. I I noticed that when you did the Dungeon of Doom in WCW, it right. it just didn't come off as hardcore as no. as it did in Florida. Was that did that? Have, do you think sometimes shit gets overproduced? Yeah, and I'll tell you why that came that way, Sean. Hogan. 
got me the book. Yeah. And it was before you guys came there. He came to me in Germany and said, can you take us there? I said, absolutely. So I had to turn him heel. You remember the struggle I had with him. Yeah. You know, I, I said, well, he's got to turn, guys. He's got to turn with you. And I always say how gracious you guys were with those black and white interviews where you could have buried him, especially Kevin, <laughs> yeah. who was not a big fan of Hoax at the time because two months earlier he told me he was going to strip him naked, beat him up in a fuck pay-per-view in a cage match. <laughs> Didn't sit well with me for a few nights. <laughs> So I got the match booked already. So yeah. uh, I know I got to turn him heel. So I said to myself, how do I turn him heel? I have to gain his trust. And he sent all his friends, and Brutus, uh, One Man Gang, uh, The Shark, you know, all that. And I said, okay, I'm going to tune this up as much as I could can to gain his trust because he's used to working with, you know, cartoon characters in the WWF at the time. Right. And as I started gaining his trust, there was one night in uh, Chicago when he came out in the building, booed him out of the building, but he's dressed in black. And Gene Oakland, the genius of his ears, caught it and said, you can hear the somber mood tonight. The people are booing the NWO as Hogan's coming out. And if he didn't turn heel that night, he stayed in my house the night I turned him. Right. And he can tell you anything he wants to say. He stayed in my house. Peter Young, his agent, slept in my couch because I wouldn't let him sleep in the extra bedroom. Yeah. Because he's driving me crazy about not turning him heel. Brother, and you guys were so good to him because he was not hip at the time. Smart you enough to know what was work. hip, though. Smart enough to know hip when he saw it, though. Yeah, yeah, he did. I got to give him credit. Yeah, I got to give him credit, but I got to give you guys credit because the truth of the matter is, you guys could have buried him on those black and white interviews, and Kevin took it down a notch. You were like the uh, orchestrator. It wouldn't and, have been very good business uh, for us to do that, though, Kevin. No, no, and but not many people in your time, in in your position, understand what's good for business. You just most guys are just thinking what's good for themselves. Yeah, and you guys saw the big picture, which uh, was so which was so nice to work with you guys, because you saw the big picture. If I came in and said, "Oh," uh, Park, I need you to do a job tonight. Scott would say, no, beat me. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's but how he would say it, too. Me, you, between the trees, the dog beat me so bad, I have right. to say, okay, let's work something now. I mean, it was easy. It was easy because you saw it wasn't real. It was your check. Yeah. And Hogan didn't see it. He saw the check, but he wanted to win every match. He, he did, no, yeah. Uh, he, he did he like He didn't have the security in his work like you guys did. You, I could have beaten you for 12 weeks on TV, and then on the 13th week, you do something horrible. And who wouldn't have mattered the 12 weeks before? You couldn't be held for three weeks. Right. Yeah. Kevin, so. what is your relationship like with Hulk Hogan now? Do you speak to him? 
No, it's it's yeah, it's pretty good. I talked to Hulk. I mean, he's a great guy. I mean, he he's he was what made wrestling. Uh, let's face it. I don't think the president-elect, who's in the Wrestling Hall of Fame, would have been there if there was no Hulk Hogan, right? If Hulk Hogan didn't come along, Donald Trump would have been in the WWE Hall of Fame. Huh. Don't you think that, Sean, that he tra- transcended wrestling from regional to national and rocks the number one uh, movie star? Uh, Jesse's been governor. I mean... I was just saying earlier, I was saying earlier before you came on, Kevin, that uh, it was the WWE Universe, um, a.k.a. wrestling fans, that put put Donald Trump in the White House. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. And we, I mean, that's why Rock's the number one uh, movie star. I happen to think he's very good, but it's the wrestling fans that carry the load. Yeah, it's definitely wrestling uh Wrestling is it, it. I was and that's the sum I was saying earlier. It's it's good to be associated with the wrestling industry these days, Kevin. Yeah, yeah. Remember hey, when it wasn't? I think, you, <laughs> I think you should come out here, and you and I will run for emperor of the uh, islands out here. Let's do it. The San Juans will be emperors. Hell yes. Of the San Juans, I love it. Hey, Kevin. I vote for you guys, Kevin. There was this one time I, I'm. I'm going to see if you remember this. I'm pretty sure you do. You have a good uh, memory. But I'm, I'll see if you know. I, uh, anyways, let me just tell you. Uh, one time, Hulk and, and Eric uh, missed, missed TV. And they were with Rodman somewhere. And there was a yeah. pay-per-view coming up. And uh, anyways, Kevin and I, Scott was in rehab. Kevin and I right. weren't happy with how things went. And we went on live TV, went on to the, uh, onto the set, and Kevin grabbed the mic, and we went into business for ourselves and started talking and uh, got pissed off and, you know, all this shit. But uh, anyways, the, the next day when I got home, I got a call from, from Eric, and, you know, he asked me, because uh, I was the good cop now because Scott was in, in right. rehab, you know, and I needed to be the one yeah. that kept. Kevin under control. Um, so I told him everything that, that we were pissed off about. And it had to do with how you guys were did something, you and Arn. Or, anyways, I, regardless, apparently you were on the phone, uh, on the line the whole time I was saying all this. And Eric, after the conversation was done, Eric called me back and told me that he had you on the line without me knowing just because he wanted you to hear everything I had to say. Do you remember that at yeah. all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was no big deal. It was no big deal on nine miles. He told Eric, yeah, they got a fucking bitch. Right. And I understand. You know what I mean? You guys didn't show up. Of course they're going to take it out of me. Yeah. I'm the surrogate Eric, so I understand what was going on. I mean, when you take that job, you got to realize your friend sometimes is going to be pissed off at you. Yeah. And especially if you're the surrogate. You know what I mean? Sure. You weren't going to tell Eric who's writing your checks, you know. What a, so it was no problem with me. There Eric, was never a problem. With and me. well, Eric called me back like five minutes later and goes, "I just wanted to tell you, Kevin was on the whole on the line the whole time. I just didn't want to lie to you." So uh, you know, people could say what they want about Eric, but he is a straight shooter. 
Yeah, you know, I, I absolutely, there was a time Eric could have let me go and didn't, and I appreciate it to this day. Yeah. You know, I was going through a very difficult time in my life, and he, he's a straight shooter. I, I, I admire Eric, yeah. Cool. I was wondering, I, I never I never had a chance, because I was going to ask you about that in private, but hell with it. We're, we're I might as well have asked you now, so. That's I always want to know, I always want to know if, if uh, if you knew that I knew that <laughs> you were on the line. Yeah. Yeah, I um, knew you knew. He told me. Yeah. Oh, shit. That was some crazy yeah. stuff, man. But, Kevin, yeah. you know, we've kept you a while. I could keep on talking to you uh, about different things, man. But I, I don't want to I don't want to keep you. Um, you guys will talk I Saturday. appreciate your time, man. Um, it, anything else you want to, like, plug besides uh, the stuff this weekend? No, I... I'm also doing some stuff for Ring of Honor. And have you That's seen right. Jay Briscoe, the Jay Briscoe and Jay Lethal match, Sean? Mm-hmm. I like your opinion on it. I think it's one of the best matches I've seen in 30 years. See, well, I'm a huge fan I mean, of both of those guys. I'm definitely going to oh, check it I'm out. I'm a huge fan of them. Watched, it was on a pay-per-view a couple of uh, shows ago. They're great performers. But, hey, this this. Hopefully, I'll see you in, in, in L.A. And it's uh, Pentagon in against RVD. And RVD is a friend of ours. So yes. it should be interesting, huh? Yeah, hell yes. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hey, does anybody else uh, have anything for Kevin before we let him go? No. I mean, you talk about trying to convince Hogan to turn so much. I know Sting was yeah. like the backup. If Hogan didn't want to do it, was Sting that hard to convince, or like, did you have him ready to go on the back burner in case Hogan said no that you guys were going to turn uh, Sting? L- L- Hogan was that is the uh, rumor of twenty five years. I had a backup plan, and it was in my pocket. Hogan was going to turn whether he wanted to or not. I'm from <laughs> South Boston. Yeah. I'm from South Boston. Fuck you yeah, ever see Black Mass? Oh, I have yes. relatives besides Whitey, you know what I mean? Yeah. So he was going to turn. That's. Uh, I would have got Kevin, Big Kev on him. So he was going to turn. <laughs> <laughs> thank awesome. God for that. Well, Kevin, yeah. thank you so much, man. Um, oh, Sean, thank you. And thank you, all your production people. Thank you very much. It really made me feel welcome thank you well you're one of my very favorites man ever kevin and uh it's i'm, I'm really honored that you joined us thank you so oh, much man. Lead time and you're one of my favorites too Sean, you know that. <laughs> thanks man have a great day kevin great talking to you we'll see you this weekend okay bye-bye thanks bye-bye oh that was awesome and we will be back with more xpoc 12360 on AfterBuzz tv hey guys maria menounos here we want to let you know about my new show on sirius xm stars channel 109 it's called conversations with maria and it's live monday through friday at 10 a.m pacific 1 p.m eastern go to conversationswithmaria.com for more info buzz you later we are back on xpoc 12360 just chatted with kevin sullivan and man it was a good one you liked it Yes, yeah, very much too. so. Me too. Very much so. As we all were kind of taking off our headphones in between right after yeah. we were saying, man, you guys could have gone for another hour or two. Well, I guess I could say this what a lot of the guys guys and ladies we've had on the show, or lady, um, <laughs> I could talk to these folks forever. 
whether it be on the phone or, and I don't even like the phone, <laughs> but when it comes to that kind of shit, two, three we hours. We know you don't. Well, two, three hours could go by and, I, you know, like that. Mm -hmm. um, so that was just a real treat for me, even if everyone else didn't like it. <laughs> sure well, we did. Yeah. Fear not. I grew up on that shit. Mm -hmm. oh, I just built a oh, it's empty, empty coffee cup. We're good. Everyone. We're good this <laughs> time. Right. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, folks. I'm really looking forward to meeting Kevin in person this weekend. And I oh, hope yeah. everybody else comes out to He's Torrance awesome. and checks it out. It's just, yeah. And and um, I, would, I would highly recommend uh, all the uh, wannabe, would be, uh, aspiring professional wrestlers out there to uh, to take Kevin's uh, seminar. Seminar, yes, Chicago? because you can um, you can take a lot of seminars, you know, on how to do you know wrestling moves and mm -hmm. and all of that. But you're not going to get very many um, where you can sit under a learning tree like Kevin Sullivan's. Yeah. Just amazing. Learning tree of woe. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. I see what you did there. Yeah, well, you do. know, I sat and watched the seminar that they did at the last show with uh, Mr. Four, 405. 450. Mr. 450. That's what I almost said first. Why did I say 05? Uh, and it was, it's just interesting to see these aspiring wrestlers go so hard and they want to impress. And, and I can almost kind of pick up on some of the wisdom stuff just listening to these guys and, yeah. and watching them work. So it's cool. I hope people come out and just watch too. I do too. Yeah, it's Saturday the 12th in Torrance, California at the Oak Street Gym from 2 to 4.30. The other matches on the card itself, the main event is RVD versus Pentagon Jr. for the uh, Pacific Coast Wrestling Championship. There's um, Scorpio Sky versus Mr. Athletic Jeff Cobb, who's also uh, oh. Matanza. I love Scorpio That's Sky. So He's great. Me too. Uh, he put me in a rear naked chokehold at the last show. Yes. Uh, the Samoan <laughs> Werewolf Jr. fought two against Douglas James. The Reno Scum versus Keepers of the Faith. You love know them Keepers from, of the Faith. Those are my boys. Uh, hey, guys. Kevin Matterson versus Hammerstone. The Sheik and Kevin Sullivan will both be there. And Wooly Mac versus Ryan Taylor. All right, so some Willie Matt. Yeah, so they're really doing it. They're packing the house. They're following like a good formula. He, like they really PCW is really doing it correctly. They're they have that's the biggest thing is like when you you know like showing up to a, a show you're gonna wrestle at and there's like ten people there. Wrestlers are like, what the hell? Because then they're worried about like if their promoter is gonna stiff them or like if they're mm -hmm. gonna make any money and what else is gonna happen. And they they just flew five hours to get here to wrestle in front of ten people. But, like, when you show up and it's like, no, we sold out. There's going to be 500 people here, and they're already waiting to see the, the show. The ring looks nice. They probably have yeah. a nice little set, like, entrance and banners and, shit like that. and yeah, yeah, lighting. Dude, like, they're on the, point. The first indie company I ever worked for, and it really, like, set a precedent in my mind, and I kind of had a little bit of shock when I went on to the next ones. Yeah. You know, heading out there, and I'm like, oh, there's not 500 people here. They have, like, a masseuse and catering for, yeah. the, for the boys. Like, you can go there and get, like, a, a sports rub before your match and everything. Like, like they're really doing it. They're making sure. Sports rub. Yeah, right. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, it's Fucking this, like, cute sports. little old guy. Get the rub. Sport, sports rub one out. <laughs> Well, I will keep you all posted about what goes on backstage at PCW this weekend. Thank you so much for checking out the show today. You guys can always keep up with the show on Facebook, Instagram. We are at Facebook.com slash XPOC12360 show and at XPOC12360 on Instagram. We are going to have Gangrel, the Vampire Warrior, in studio next week on the show. It promises to be very scary and very good. I'm looking forward 
forward to it. And in the meantime, you guys can always hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at Christy Reports. I love to hear from you. Let me know what you think about the show. And let me know if you have any ideas for that intro for Gang Growl, because, you know. I got a lot going on. <laughs> Jimbo, where can they hit you up at? Uh, follow me on Twitter at Jimbo in the Booth. Buy my documentary, The Young Bucks Two Sweet Journey, at highspots.com. And say hello to me at PCW this weekend. It'll be awesome. Yeah. Christy, how you got all that out without coming up for air is beyond me. <laughs> but it was very good. Um, well, thank you, sir. Uh, anyways, I guess you can catch, you can follow me on Twitter at the real X Pac. That was I spit that out finally. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you guys. Uh, great job and Gangrel. I I started wrestling with, with Gangrel. We went to wrestling school together. And hey, don't we have a nice little video surprise for him? Remember I showed you? Oh yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh oh, he's gonna be so embarrassed. Yeah. I love it. I love it. For this. It's funny. Well, make sure you tune in for that next week on AfterBuzz TV. This has been X-Pac 12360. I will let the man take us out. Y'all have a great one, and we'll see you next week right here. Christy already said this on AfterBuzz TV. (laughs) Adios. See ya. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Phil Svitek, Kevin Undergaro, show producer Jimbo Frank, managing editor of AfterBuzz Wrestling, Christy Olson, and managing producer of AfterBuzz Wrestling, Mark Bidonica, and the entire X-Pac 12360 staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in. Feel free to like us on Facebook, rate and comment on iTunes and YouTube, follow X-Pac on Twitter at TheRealXPac, and email us at xpac12360show at gmail.com. This has been a presentation of the AfterBuzz TV network. Buzz you later!